Hey, everybody, and welcome to 52 Weeks of Empowerment. My name is Andrea Pagnozzi. I am your host, and I'm also a career empowerment coach who is fiercely dedicated to getting everybody in 2022 to realizing their true career potential. And we're almost halfway through the year. This is the time of year when, in my house, things get real. We are midway through the calendar year. We are at the end of the school year. I have three children, one who will be a senior at Syracuse. University this fall, one who will be a senior in high school, and another who's moving on to middle school. So usually this is about the time that my kids start to tune out and shenanigans are about to ensue. And before we let the moment get away from us, I pull them back in for a second and I take that end of the year picture and I compare it to the first day of school. And we take stock of how we started the school year and what we've learned and all of that. Now they're getting to the age where they're like, mom, please. This is just too much. And this year has been a a lot of growth, both physically, mentally. We migrated back to school as a family after remote schooling for a year. We got back into sports and spending time with our friends and learning again how to make just decisions. And for humans, that's a long haul thing. We take our entire lives to practice good decision making and we don't always get it right. So then we adopt these safety nets and we overthink things and we get in mobile and we get stuck. And then we blame. We play the blame game. We blame the boss we have. We blame the boss we had. We blame bosses we never had. We blame our family, our friends, anyone but the person who made the decisions. And it is also very much a decision to not do any, to remain stuck or to get unstuck. And we have completed almost six months of podcasts sharing ways to get you unstuck in career situations that you may have gotten yourself into through unjust decisions. But they're not. They're not bad unjust decisions. If you choose to learn from them, they could be the best decisions you've ever made. You need to trust the process. But that's the thing. You need to take ownership of that process and that career. And at this point during the year, as I'm asking my kids to take stock of decisions they've made this year, I'm going to ask you, my listeners, to do the same because you are just as much my family. My guest today is Rolanda Sumner. She is a business startup strategist. She's a veteran retention consultant. She's a professional development coach, a speaker, course creator, a Forbes Women's Forum member, and the executive contributor at Greens Magazine. She is also a proprietor of Life After Service Transitional Coaching that helps entrepreneurs succeed in startup businesses. And she is also herself a veteran. I want to start the program today by respectfully thanking you for your service, Rolanda, and welcoming you to 52 Weeks of Empowerment. Thank you so much. You make me sound good. I'm going to have to record you and carry you around. It is great to have you here because, Lady, you you have accomplished some amazing things. And we're going to talk about that today. And you know what? I I needed to hear that because I was having a... I was having a moment for a couple of weeks. Um, I have this big proposal coming up and I wasn't looking at it in the right lens. And I had a coaching call from a mentor and she, it was one word that I was getting stuck in, like one word getting stuck in. And she was like, don't think of it as that word. Like it's actually this. And I was like, oh my God. And I just spoke to her last night. I was losing sleep. Oh my gosh. So today, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. I think there's a lot of people listening who need to hear both her voices in this. Come to the table and have come 
to the table to my show, to other shows, different podcasts, Mm -hmm. reading self-help books, working with coaches, maybe even psychologists and so forth, therapists Mm -hmm. that they come with the best of intention and they Mm -hmm. really want to get unstuck. They can't get out of their own way. And one of the things that I do at the start of every program is I talk about how you got to where you got to in your career and your Mm -hmm. journey, because I'm sure along the way you were stuck too. Listen, I was the queen of stuck and I didn't realize it until after I got unstuck. And so this is what stuck looked like for me. I was in the military for 20 years and I couldn't understand why I wasn't getting promoted past E6. Now I had done an administrative officer's job when they were absent. That is like a major's job. One of the units I was in didn't have one at the time and the E7 there wasn't doing it. So they're like, okay, Rolanda, we need you to do it. So I had to do part of their job. I had been a platoon leader, which is a grade above. So I had to do these higher jobs that needed my help. But when it came time for me to pin on that extra rocker, I couldn't get there. When it came time for me to put in my warrant officer packet, they wouldn't take it. And I could not understand. And I naturally, there was some racism, there was some sexism, there was all the isms. I didn't really realized that I had ownership in it until when I went to coaching school years after I left the military, that some of the ownership was on me. What could I have done to make the situation better? And it hurt. It really hurt. Like there was a lot of tears behind it, um, behind not getting it right, behind being stuck in the fact that someone else wronged me. And this is going to burn for some people. I'm probably going to get some emails like, oh, she said this and that. But it's true. When you're, I was so stuck that all I felt was the hurt that other people put me through. I didn't have the lens of, Rolanda, what are you doing to make this work? What are you doing to give them the ammunition to keep you in that place? Yeah. And I want to state for the record, because you're saying something that I want to make sure everybody understands. We're not saying that everybody in the world is at fault. No. It's not about about blame. That's what we're trying to shift the mindset towards. It's your decision to stay or go. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't choose to ask for help. I didn't choose to lower my pride and say, what do I do to get through this situation? I assumed that someone was going to come and save me. I assumed that somebody was going to take me by the hand and say, this is what you're doing wrong. Now I'm going to take you the rest of the way. I was looking for a knight in shining armor, regardless if they were male or female, I was looking for someone. And it's sad because I'm a soldier. You wouldn't think a soldier would be looking for someone to save them. But that's my time. I was looking for a savior. I felt like I was trapped in a corner trying to fight out. And instead of me asking, what do I have to do to stop fighting? I made the choice to continue to stay in that space. And it was tough. So when I got out of the military and I got my first job, I carried the mentality that I wasn't good enough. I was too black. I was not smart enough to all of these things. I also suffered from PTSD. I was suffering from my deployments. And so my first civilian job in an HR department, I got fired within 60 days. And we know the night 
90 day rule. You get through the first 90 days, you're good. And I didn't make it. You know, I can point blame to them, but I'm not looking at their part. I'm going to take ownership for my part. My part is looking back, I probably should have taken time off because I was lost. Like I would go to work and just not know what to say, not know what to, didn't know how to make friends. I honest, it cost me my job. So it wasn't until after I got fired, I felt like God was like, your excuses for having a business are over. So I started the skincare business and it was therapy to me, but I had to make a choice to not sit down and cry because this is the first time I had ever gotten fired ever. I had always had high mark in the military, always did my job well. So it was the first time I had chosen what I was going to do and how I was going to heal myself. It was like a breakthrough. Okay. You need to make space so you can heal. So this next step in your life, you can actually see what's happening. Two years after that, by the time I made it to coaching school, I had the mental capacity to actually accept criticism to actually accept questions that made me look inside myself. But it was like two years of therapy, two years of tears, two years of journaling, two years of being at home, you know, wondering if my husband's job and my VA benefit was actually going to pay the mortgage. <laughs> like God took us through. But I had to make a choice that, because I was also a suicide survivor. So I had to make a choice that I was going to live. I had to make a choice and take ownership of my mind that I was going to stay sane. I had to make a choice that whatever was going to happen, I had to be better. Whatever's wrong with you, Rolanda, you're going to have to be better. No more victim. We, we got to get out this darkness, whatever this darkness is, like whatever this is, you got to get out. of. This is not good. Your business is largely rooted in your spirituality, mm -hmm. your purpose. Mm -hmm. Given our topic today, we believe that people lack ownership in their career because they've lost their sense of purpose. No, I don't think some people don't know what their purpose is. So it's not even you have to have a sense of purpose before you lose it. Some people have their purpose still. I think they lose their sense of ownership because they're stuck in the pain. Tell me more about that. Okay. So if you've been traumatized in some way and people want to tell you what trauma comes from. It can come from any slight as little, large. So if you've been traumatized in some way, you're hurt. And if you've been told that you shouldn't be traumatized by that hurt, or it's been minimalized and you learn to second guess it and you learn to minimize it, it's just going to build up. And so you start to second guess it. Like, did I really get slighted for that promotion? Did I really get slighted at that meeting? You start to question yourself and then you start to try to change who you you are and you start to dislike who you are you start to dislike the people around you you know this is what you want trauma of being slighted hurt disrespected from little times a million times over the years over and over and over and over and over and over plaque from not brushing your teeth by the time it has damaged your career and you're fed up and you're about to explode you don't understand that you need to take ownership because to you in that space you're like well what do you mean take ownership i changed my clothes i changed my dress i'm doing this i'm doing that you don't realize it's not the external it's your mindset you need to change how you're thinking about the situation. In coaching school, we learned that when somebody's in a particular place, they don't see the opportunities. Mm -hmm. Person who's not taking ownership doesn't see the opportunities because they lack the clarity because they're still in the trauma.
So that's when the coaching comes in to start asking questions that they never thought to ask. So they can start seeing things from a different perspective. So they can start seeing their worth in that building trauma. You felt like you weren't worth being yourself because a lot of people go through that. That validation. Yes. Hear that. Yeah. How would it feel to you if you can be 100% yourself and still have a wonderful career. Now you just gave this person 100% to be themselves and still do what makes them happy. But first they have to believe that you're not BSing them. Yeah, you have to earn their trust. That's absolutely paramount. Yeah, they got to trust themselves. Yeah. And this is why I started the hour talking about how I try to do that now with my kids mm-hmm. during very formative years, during very emotional years and the changes they go through, because that in and of itself could be traumatic. Mm-hmm. So learning to deal with the things big or small in your mm-hmm. life that can be traumatic can also be very formative. It's how you choose to look at it. What are some of the blockers that when you're working with people who are building businesses and trying Mm -hmm. to get past the trauma, how do you help them reframe the way that they're looking at the trauma in their life as maybe, Mm -hmm. I don't want to call it a gift, but Mm -hmm. a lesson for them to build upon? First step is they need to want to get to a better place. So you and me, Andrea, we can't help a client if they don't want to get to a better place, if they don't want to see things differently, if they don't want to do the work. There's just absolutely no way. And we both had clients who they don't really want to do the work. Two, if their trauma, if they're at a place where empowering questions and journaling doesn't work, it just seems really deep. I definitely suggest that they seek out counseling. Many of my clients are still working naturally because they're trying to build their business. Go to your HR department and ask them about your benefits. Do you still have counseling? benefits with your insurance, go use those. Go to counseling. You can go to counseling. Counseling and coaching were amazing together because coaching will bring you forward and counseling will bring you back. But there are certain things as a coach that I'm not trained to handle. And when it comes to trauma, I'm not trained to go backwards and, and heal it. But I can talk about how we can look forwards. Because of my own mental health issues, I I don't go backwards with them because I don't think it's fair for them for me to take them backwards. And then I work on mindset always. So let's talk about self-worth. And I ask them empowering questions like a lot of it is money mindset because pricing, my my pricing philosophy is as a coach, when you're doing a program, you well, most people, especially women, we're not trained to ask for our worth is really uncomfortable. Find myself really from day one, working with women to understand their value and helping them understand that all of the work you have done, everything that you have gone through, you're creating a shortcut for your client to receive the transformation that you've already had that is worth four to five figures to them. So it's it's journaling. It's asking them, where did they get their money philosophy? Like, did you get it from your mom? Did you get it from your dad? What are these limiting beliefs? Let's identify them. Let's journal about them. What are your values? And going through exercises like that. So by the time we get to pricing, it's less painful. It's less shocking. And then by the time we get to the program, you're like, yep, I'm ready. 2000 Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
but it's going through the whole 10 weeks of just those little injections of wealth consciousness and mindset shifts and, and helping them to understand why they're worthy. The thing of it is in a, now you help start businesses dealing with the money mindset and what mm-hmm. people are worth. Mm-hmm. I find as a coach, it's sometimes difficult to have that conversation because these are people that sought promotability within a corporate confine and never realized it. I agree with you that part of it was because of self-worth. It was like they were chasing a title, not necessarily. Yes. So the industries that most of my clients come from are human resources, military, customer service. They're coming from these corporate industries and a lot of them are at the professional level and they're leaving one because they don't feel valued. They've been passed up for promotion or they've gotten a promotion, but they feel like their opinion doesn't matter. They're not getting paid what their peers are getting paid, or they feel like the work they're doing is meaningless. I spoke to a VP not too long ago, and that this person was like, I, what I do is meaningless. I make good money, but it's absolutely meaningless. If I leave today, nobody's going to miss me. They're just going to replace me. But if I start my own business, I can make an impact. Every single person I interview not only wants to leave their nine to five because they want to be valued. The pay is not the top reason, which I thought I was shocked when I did my initial market research to adjust my program. It was because they wanted to make an impact and they didn't believe that what they were doing at their nine to five was meaningful. What's interesting to me is you told your story mm-hmm. and it's extremely parallel to the clients that are coming to you. And I say this all the time, whether, and you kind of touched on it earlier, whether you know it at the time, which we don't, we don't appreciate it as it's happened, which is another mm-hmm. reason why I'm trying to get my kids to think like that. We may not know for years, months, weeks, whatever, that what we're experiencing right now in the moment is going to have trajectory for us that we can leverage in our career and our lives to teach others. You clearly went the path you went so that you can help others go their path a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? Yes. If I had not had all of that crazy and good happen, I would not be able to serve my clients the way I do today. In the private setting and in the corporate setting. The only reason I do veteran retention is because I've been on the side of the soldier and wasn't retained because there wasn't an understanding between me and my supervisor. There was a disconnect. And I recognize that there's a lot, millions of dollars being placed into veteran recruiting, but there's very little money being placed into veteran retention. Mm-hmm. Companies who focus on veteran retention, they got it. They got it nailed. They put money into it and they really focus on it and their retention rates are beautiful. But companies who don't, it's they, they have people walking out the door like every year and they blame it on the service member as opposed to making it a team effort between the service member and the company. Like, how can we come? 
come together to get what we want, both of us want. At the end of the day, though, if you're listening, you're listening to this because you're trying to figure out how you're going to move up the ladder. And you're, you might be a little peeved, too, because you're like, ownership. Tell me I got to take ownership. You take ownership. This is what ownership looks like in 2022. Ten years ago, they didn't have career coaches that were meant for everybody to participate in. Because 10 years ago, when you had coaching, you had to pay all of your money up front for the year. Now coaching, there's payment plans, there's financing. There's like all these ways you can pay for coaching at any income level. So let's just say right away, it's affordable for everybody. Talked about the affordability right there. Two, there are coaches for every niche. So if you're having a problem moving up the ladder, feeling value, either you go to your direct supervisor because companies are starting to invest more money into coaching at lower levels because they're starting to see the value. They want to fill up their pipeline, C-suite pipeline. They're starting to realize they need to start lower as opposed to starting higher. Go to your supervisor and say, hey, can you pay for coaching? Some of them will say no and others will say yes. If they say no, that's fine. Invest in it, get their life together so they can get their career together. You can just click in Google search engine career coach and a litany will appear. Mm -hmm. There are so many choices out here. Now we've already addressed the affordability. It's affordable for everybody of all incomes because there are nonprofits out here now who are offering coaching, addressing the accessibility There are lots of coaches of lots of backgrounds. What other objections are there? Time. If you want to make more money, if you want to be taken more seriously, you're going to have to invest in time. For you to get your bachelor's, graduate degree, whatever, you have to make time for it. So, you know, you make time for whatever you want. Oh, I work until eight o'clock at night. So don't work until eight o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. Look on your schedule, manage your time better at work. Say no to some things that don't matter. Don't go to every meeting. Don't take on other people's projects. Carve some time for yourself so you can move up on the ladder. Not only is it going to help you in your career, it's going to help you be a better leader, period. The companies want better leaders. And once you finish your coaching, you go to your company and you say, hey, I have invested six, 12, whatever months to improving myself. Have you notice the difference. Guess what? They're going to say, yes, I have actually. You go to them with the metrics to show, here's my 360 over the last whatever months. What do you think? Guess what? It's going to show on your metrics in your assessments. And now they're going to take you seriously because you made the investment in yourself and they didn't. And here's the kicker. If they don't, then you know where your value isn't. And you yes. can take those metrics and you can turn it in to something where your value matters. That's the step that people have challenged with too by taking ownership of what to do next if they've come to the end of the road where they currently are. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm capable of doing. I don't. And how do you deal with that? Because I'm sure there are people that have come to you and said, Rolanda, I know I don't want to be doing this. I'm going to acknowledge the fact that being at a, a company or a profession is like a relationship. So you can be in a bad relationship and it's like a bad relationship. You stay in it because is comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know the demon that is there. You know what they're going to do. You can predict what's going to happen. You know know what to expect. You know the amount of misery that is going to happen. You don't have to guess. And because you're used to that bad relationship, you don't, you're afraid to move on 
to possibly going on to a new relationship because you don't know if you have to start over or you don't want to date again and again it's so bad out there oh what, what's gonna happen if I get in this new relationship I'm gonna have to like impress somebody it makes sense it makes sense. I can stay in this bad relationship or I can go out and risk myself again. What if I go to this new company and it's worse? My advice to you is take a chance. Mm -hmm. I was in a job for about almost three years before I started my coaching practice while I was doing the skincare practice, right? One day I just quit. It was a bad relationship and I had to quit because it was like making me sick. And the thing about it was I had gotten to the point where I was just like, I can't, I can't be here anymore. I just can't. But I was so afraid because for two years, I had applied to go on to another relationship. I wasn't getting any positive and I didn't choose to find someone to help me. I made a choice not to find somebody to help me, which was dumb. I probably made the choice because I knew I was going to, I have my business and I really didn't want to work a job, honestly. And I was like, <gasps> so that was my choice. Subconsciously, I just knew I didn't want to work for someone else. I made the choice not to find help. If you're in the position where you're like, look, I'm applying. Nobody's responding back. I'm not getting the jobs I think I should get. Find help. Help is not cheap. But guess what? You get what you pay for. So if you're like, oh, I found help and it's only $500, you're going to get $500 worth of help. That is a resume, period. It's not going to help you with your mindset. It's not going to talk to you about how to interview. It's not going to give you any connections. It's going to give you a well-written resume. That's it. If you're listening to the podcast, you like $500 for a resume. Listen, that's a great executive resume that will get you in the door, but that's not going to get you through the interview. No. It's not going to give you the secret sauce to dazzle them. It's not going to get you through the mental gymnastics that's going to keep you up at night about your self-worth, about earning $30,000 more than you've ever made in your life. Yep. You need to make the conscious choice of hiring somebody like Andrea, because not only is she going to help you with all of the mindset issues, so she knows all of the little political minefields you're going to have to walk through to get there. She's been through the journey the long way, so she can tell you, don't make that mistake. What is your mindset telling you? What is your gut saying? Let me ask you these empowering questions. I'm going to need you to go back and actually journal, like I told you last week. Mm -hmm. You need help. That's what ownership looks like in 2022. It means getting help and making that investment. I promise you, I cross my heart. If you do the work, you will get 20 times your investment. Why? Because not only will you get a job that pays you what you're worth, let's talk about the years after that. That first year salary is just the... It doesn't work like that. No, you're absolutely right. You're spot on. You have to forward the action. You've got to put the work in and you can do something else with the practical skills you've learned. I don't care where you've worked. It could be Walmart. It could be McDonald's. They are respectable jobs that have good training programs where people who dream big can really do other things. You can. You just need to get the let out of being stuck and to make the decision and take the action and forward it. What do you find with the people that you're starting businesses up with, that breakthrough moment? What's the spark that initiates people to say, hey, I'm starting a business and I'm going to make it happen? What's that spark been that has made your clients successful? Initially, it's because they want to do something on their own. They want to make an impact on their own. 
Me, initially, it was because I just didn't want to work for someone else. I wanted time freedom. I didn't want to ask someone if I can take care of myself. I didn't want to ask someone if I can take care of my kids because I felt like I was asking permission every time I had to ask for a day off Mm -hmm. so I could take my daughter to the doctor. Like, can I, can I take a day off? My daughter's sick. Like, she's not going to not be sick if you say no. Well, you only have certain amount of hours, but she's still sick. Right. So I didn't want to ask permission to do stuff that as a parent I need to do or to take care of myself. Um, But then it evolved into wanting to help other women. And initially in my business, I wanted to help veteran women realize who they were outside of uniform. And now I want to help other women realize you can make good money with your own definition of freedom. Like you don't have to fit the mold. Half the time, I do not want to comb my hair. So I put on a head wrap. I don't get on the screen if I don't want to. (laughs) It sounds crazy, but you know, like I don't have to fit my round hole into a square peg you know, if I don't want to. And I found that when I am 110% myself, the square pegs kind of just round themselves around me. Yeah. That's, let me, let me, it sounds weird. That real quickly. There's a, there's a happy faculty that we have as human beings, right? When a new generation Mm -hmm. comes into the workforce and people who have been in the workforce for a longer amount of time, we won't say they're old, we'll say that they're tenured, um, we'll say they don't get it. They just start cut from the same cloth we were, this and that and the other thing. What are we going to do with these millennials? And they'll hire me as a coach to come into the company and talk to them about ways to reach, ways to connect, ways to do this. And you just spoke to authenticity. And I have to be honest with you. I think that the millennials have a greater sense of self than many of the generations that have preceded them. They get it that they need to own. They may be a little bit lofty in their ambition, but they've got ambition. They've got drive. They've got Mm -hmm. that spark that says, I want to capitalize on my freedoms and I want to chart the course from the time I walk into my first job out of college with a career path. And that's a good thing. That's a Mm -hmm. really good thing. So I applaud you for championing that in women um, Mm -hmm. to to find their freedom and cap and that you do it too, because that, that charts the course for others to feel like they can do the same. It was scary at first. It was very, very scary because the military, you know, you fit into the uniform. You, you look the way that, you know, you want to look. I mean, they want you to look. And then I went into corporate and I had to fit and look the way they wanted me to look. So it was very scary. And then one day after being out of the military for a few years, I was like, you know what? I want to dye my hair Hmm. (laughs) and somebody still hired me to do a a, a corporate job for them. I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) I was shook. Like, okay. And then I had another meeting with them and my hair was red and they was like, Hey, you know, I almost feel like 
that I was able to get away with it because they wanted me for a specific task and I wasn't in their construct. I wasn't working for them. I just came in to do specific things. So I can, as long as I wasn't offensive and I wasn't like messy and dirty, I was able to get away for it because I have my own company and my company was hired to do a specific thing. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You still have to, you know, be professional. And because you're an employee, you still have to, you know, be within the mold a little bit, Mm -hmm. but you can still be yourself. And now with the new DNI um, or DEI, the diversity and inclusion outreach efforts, you can be a little bit more you that we bring and not be so concerned with my resume isn't completely polished mm-hmm. and I don't have every single <clears throat> experience they're looking for in a job description. It just doesn't work like that anymore. That's another thing. I was reading this article It might've been on Forbes when they were talking about going to women's conferences and how you have to behave, the behavior that is expected when you go to women's conferences. Like you have to speak a certain way and dress a certain way and use like certain adjectives. And it really, um, it made me feel good because the writer was, was really talking about how we pigeonhole ourselves into feeling like we need to behave a certain way. And I've always, before coaching, I've always felt like I wasn't polished enough, right? Like I I didn't speak right enough. I didn't, you know, I didn't look polished enough, stuff like that. Um, Even after coaching, like it took me a little while to realize I'm just fine as I am. I'll be okay. Like, They know what I'm talking about. So to read the article in Forbes that said, we are hard on each other and we are hard on ourselves. And we really hold ourselves up to this unrealistic expectation of behavior as professional women. We have to behave a certain way. I was like, yes, you know what? This is a good article because nobody says it out loud that you're expected to behave a certain way. Like it's real stuffy, real stuffy. Nobody wants to be real. You know, you can't have crumbs. You can't accidentally slurp. I think that one of the things that to me is most undigestible about all of this, about the reluctance to take ownership of your career and of your Mm -hmm. happiness and of your success is that we're made and wired to feel as though we don't deserve it. Yes. Who am I to go get corporate assistance? I'm not smart enough. That space is not meant for me. I don't have an Ivy League pedigree. My family, you know, are janitors. I'm the first college graduate from a community college. Like you tell yourself these stories about how you're not good enough. Nobody chose me. You don't have to be chosen. Choose yourself. open the door and get in the room Mm -hmm. step in take a step in it's that first step 
it does not matter. Look at the way that the world is right now. We got mm-hmm. this way with people who did have all the accolades, people who mm-hmm. do have the, the spit and polish, all of that. And it hasn't gotten us to where we truly excel. Let's do it different. Let's, let's try to do it differently. Listen, look at Todd Chrisley. He's a dentist. He had his own show. He's supposed to be a millionaire. And him and his wife are about to go to jail, jail because of fraud. Right. They built a room basically, theoretically for them because they are rich. They are famous, blah, blah, blah. Um, We can name a litany of people who belonged in the room. There is a family down at in, in the low country, um, prominent family, one of their, one of the brothers and his whole entire family was killed because one of the brothers was into some drugs. They didn't find out until after the son had killed some girl. It was like a rich, rich family, every generations, like nine generations of lawyers. The They have a legacy of being in the room, building rooms around them, tables and stuff. My point being is some of these people who so-called belong in a room don't belong in the room. Some of these people who say, okay, this is my table and you don't belong at the table, shouldn't have a table. If they won't let you at the table, if they won't make space for you at the table, build your own table. Mm -hmm. If they won't let you in the room, like they keep shutting the door and sealing it, okay, build yourself a building, open the door and put your table into that room and invite your own crowd. Yep. Build your own ladder. Yep. Even if it's a teepee for now, even if it's okay, it's okay. You got people going to that teepee because they're like, oh my God, there's a TV. That is so fly. I want to be in that TV. That's right. <laughs> Build That's it. Right. Do it and different. They, Own it. And it's easier now because this is a global market. Everything's virtual. I don't go to networking events. I'm an introvert. I don't really like meeting people like that. <laughs> I don't really care to meet people like that. Like I will public speak until I run out of breath because I have to mentally prepare to do it, but I will do it. I like to publicly speak. It's really weird. But I don't like going to networking events. You know how I grew my business online, reaching out to people, making phone calls, you know, like stuff like that. It's a global market. You can build a beautiful business that makes an impact and helps a lot of people. You don't have to fly over here and fly over there and, and do all these wonderful things that people used to do. So people who used to have their own table and their own rooms and it belongs to them they don't have that same power that they used to because now in social media and the news we're starting to find out how dirty they are now don't get me wrong universe don't take away any future riches i might have <laughs> <laughs> don't do that we're not judging <laughs> You know, all I'm saying is if you're at home and you're feeling less than because you didn't come from wealth, you came from nothing and you didn't come from 
um, a pedigree, so to speak, it's okay. Now you can build it from nothing. You All you need is a little old laptop. It just needs to like, you can plug it in. Like it just, it just you just need to make it to the library. That's it. You just need like an old flip phone and an old dusty laptop and a plug-in mouse. That's it. All you need. And one client who can help you upgrade the rest. It just takes one. It takes one. It takes word of mouth. It takes people believing in you, surrounding yourself with the right network, reaching mm-hmm. out and asking for help. Somehow we've made it back around, Rolanda. We just <laughs> talked about everything. We came back around to ask for help, ladies and gentlemen. If you are listening to this podcast, you came here for a reason and you came here for help. I want to thank my guest, Rolanda Sumner, for making such an important message happen today. Rolanda, where can people reach you if they want to reach out to you and learn more about your They can find me on LinkedIn at Rolanda Sumner, R-O-L-A-N-D-E Sumner. And to spell it, just look on the title of the of the podcast. We are going to stick with you for the other half of the year. This is 52 weeks of empowerment. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to get you to where you ought to be in your career. And it takes that first step in the door. Thank you to all of our listeners today. We believe in you. Take ownership yes. and believe in yourself. And we will be with you same time next week. More power.